Hello, and welcome to Talking Tolkien for July 21st, 2016. This week we have been, we are reading Return of the Kings chapter, The Pyre of Denethor. And if you don't know what Talking Tolkien is, this is a good episode to start on. I guess not really. No, this is a terrible episode <laughs> to start on, probably. No. This is not a good episode to start on. But we are a, we are going through the works of J.R.R. Tolkien one chapter at a time. So first we're going to move it on to Katie for This Week in Middle-Earth, and then she'll also have an Elvish Word of the Day, or it sounded like when she was getting set up a black speech Word of the Day. No. No, that is not what going through. And then I'll come back to me, throw it back to me, and then I'm going to do a recap of what happened last week. So you already noticed right off the bat, things are a little different since I'm doing the intro and not John. John is handling a family tragedy at this time, and all of our good thoughts and love are with him right now, so it's just going to be Katie and I holding down the fort, so... Katie, you want to start us off with This Week in Middle-Earth, July 21st, 2929. <laughs> 29. I, I don't every, know if it's 2929. Every time you reference 29, I just think of that song that goes like, in the year 2920, or something like that. You know okay. that song? You don't know that song? I don't. I'd have to look it up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, today is July 21st already. That's crazy insaneness. Um, so a uh, couple things happened this past week. In a couple of different storylines, as it always does. So, um, a couple of days ago on... Um, oh, I said last week. Remember that Gandalf had been imprisoned um, yeah. at Orthanc on the 10th last week. That was in week. Fellowship of the Ring. Yep. Um, and so, this past week, he's still, still being held prisoner there. Um, but also, coincidentally, that's the same time, if we remember, that Frodo was kind of planning to leave Hobbiton. Uh, and all, all that's going on on the 15th. On the 16th, fun little note, in the Hobbit adventure, uh, there was the thunder battle in the afternoon. That, oh, yeah. Remember, that, remember the yeah. thunder battle that was made into a very strange thing in the movies? Um, was it made in the movies? Well, it was just exaggerated where they had oh, the stone yeah. giants, but yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, later that day, the company is captured by goblins, and then Bilbo kind of later gets lost in the caves for the next couple of days. On the 18th, it, there's, I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you all the things that happen, but there's a great uh, synchronicity that uh, uh, on the 18th, um, where over a series of years, things hap- happen on the 18th, mm-hmm. and the, the progression of things for our characters uh, increases from the year 3018 to 19 to 20 to 21. Well, okay. We'll see how uh, a montage that all, yeah, a building we'll montage. See, we'll see that how that all happens uh, at the end of this book. And let's see what else. And Friday, I'm in love plays in the background. <laughs> On the twentieth, uh, in once again back in the Hobbit, the company are taken by the Eagles. They fly to the Carrick and then they reach Bayern's Hall. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts from the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And finally, today on the 21st, um, basically Gandalf and the company of dwarves and Hobbit are at Bayorn's Hall. Okay, that was in summer. That's right. Yep. I always forget because it was a May in the beginning part. And then, all right, that makes sense. And then it moves on to summer. Right. Yeah, that was a, there were a lot of things that happened. I mean, nothing hugely notable, but just, yeah. you know, fun little things to note of. So that was today in Middle Earth. And now on to Elvish Word of the Day. And no, I did not pick the black speech word. I, no, <laughs> no. Um, I chose a word that probably is familiar um, because it's part of another word. It's a suffix. 
Um, And it's a Sindarin word. Once again, I seem to choose Sindarin words most often. And the word is, or the word, the suffix rather, is ruin. Ruin? Mm Mm-hmm. Ruin. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds really familiar. It should because do you remember, do you happen to remember, we've said it before, the name, the Cinderin name for Mount Doom or one of the Cinderin names for Mount Doom. Oh, yeah. Um, I, w- I was about to say the name of that tower. Uh, <laughs> well, so no, I don't remember the name of Mount Doom. I remember it just as Mount Doom because <laughs> I was about to say Baradur. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's the dark. That's the dark tower. That's the tower. Yeah. No. Um, but the uh, the name the, the another name for Mount Doom is Orodruin. Yes, that does Remember sound that? familiar now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So the suffix ruin in Sindarin means fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Orodruin is fiery mountain. All right. Or then. Mount Doom. Okay. But yeah, mountain of fire. So yeah, there's your elvish word of the day. All right then. And, and now back to Chase for previously on Talking Tolkien. God, last week. Last week was intense. There were like three big things that happened last week in that we had the Witch King come down and kill kill Theoden, Mm -hmm. and Eowyn showed herself as being Durnhelm all along, Mm -hmm. and with the help of Mary, stabbed him in the face, the Witch King, I mean. (laughs) Uh, so that sounded bad. I didn't, <laughs> not Theoden. Not Theoden or Mary. That's or the way Mary. That, yeah, that was a bad use of the pronouns. Um, stabbed the Witch King in the face, and he became just basically a dirty sheet. Um, and then, but everyone thought that Eowyn and Theoden were both dead. And then Aramir became the king of Rohan. That was a great scene. Mm-hmm. And so they all get taken back to Minas Tirith, Aramir. Amir, sorry, I don't know how I forgot his name all of a sudden. (laughs) He goes off and starts fighting, and then a bunch of uh, black ships show up. Everybody gets like, oh, nuts. And then out comes the banner. Yeah, noodles, ninny hammers. (laughs) Out comes the banner that was revealed earlier, and it's this awesome fake thing with the seven stars and the tree on it, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Aragorn and the ghosts and Gimli and Legolas come out, and it was great. And it they was. just won, and they won, and it basically was like, it, when they won the battle, here's a song. Yep. <laughs> here's a song. Here's a song about that battle. So uh, I feel like there are several battles, especially within the Silmarillion that we've read that, and there was a battle, here's a song. Yeah. That's, yeah, that yeah. kind of sums up, uh, it can, can sum up a chapter, except for, of course, you know, much more glorious than that. Uh, but yeah, there we were. This chapter, the mm-hmm. Pyre of Denethor goes back a little ways because we're right. going to have we have a there actually it starts with a resynchronization exactly um, i'm trying to remember at this moment that i can't remember for some reason i was about to say i was about to say one but i realized that comes later well it's pretty much the most significant uh and one that kind of starts all of this um as it goes so once again we have shifted perspectives as we jump back into this chapter uh, the pyre of denethor and we rejoin the story with pippin pippin yes yes um, and so the moment that we kind of sync up at the beginning is so is basically the moment from the beginning of the last chapter, and it's when the black captain turns from the city. And flies he, off. Yeah, he yeah. notices that the Rohirrim have arrived now and uh, goes off to take on Theoden. So, yeah, the black captain disappears from the gate, and Pippin... Um, has this moment it's 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 pretty great um pippin sees this happening and instantly is kind of 
has a sense of hope come to him or uh, really i think it's he's overcome with joy oh because the horns from rohan yes because yes, yeah. he hears the horn and you know additionally you know the the witch king has left the city so he feels this immense sense of relief and then there's this great thing where you know forever after that sound of horns will bring tears to mm-hmm. pippin's eyes which are it's it's I, I i always like little touches like that of like the lasting effect of momentous yeah. things on on the characters it's something that a whole lot of writers they always talk about like what's come before but tolkien's always been very good about like no 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 I, this is what's also going to come after this too yeah yeah. Like he's always thinking way ahead with these characters. Right. But then they're he gets snapped out and realizes, oh, that's right. I came here to tell Gandalf about something. Exactly. I had an errand that I was going to go do. Exactly. And that's right off the bat. Gandalf's having to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is but this is before like he like Pippin's been told. But I love this little bit where like Pippin comes up to Gandalf and, and Gandalf's first like, well, a Kingsman is supposed to be like at his post next to right, his king. Right. And Pippin's like, no, we've been dismissed. It's bad up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, everything is going to shambles in the tower in in the citadel, and Denethor has gone mad. Pippin worries that Denethor is going to kill himself and kill Faramir, mm-hmm. and says, "Gandalf, you need you need to help him." That's when Gandalf has a choice to make, right? Yeah. And and Gandalf kind of, you know. Initially, he says, I, I, I need to go after the Witch King. He has gone, and I know wh- where he's going, and I'm needed there. And Pippin says, but you could save Faramir. That's that's what you should do. Yeah. And um, Gandalf does. He's, he's very torn, um, but he knows he has to save Faramir. And it's also at this moment he... He, um, he bemoans the fact that Sauron's reach has come this far into the city yeah and, and that's something that, and like, he'll elaborate was, on it later yeah he elaborates on it later but he just he's already got that idea of like if this is happening he's already starting to work in his head about like what what that kind of means in the grand scheme and big picture of things but he makes the choice to go with pippin up to the top of the citadel and say faramir at least right and see what is going on yeah, and there's also there's this moment as they're riding up because he you know of course picks picks up Pippin sets him in front of him on Shadowfax says a word and Shadowfax runs off uh, up to <laughs> <laughs> Shadowfax has acquired teleportation powers okay <laughs> um, but yeah as they're kind of clattering I think is the word which is such a great word yeah, for horse yeah. hoofs on stone which is what's happening it's the, I don't I don't know you can just hear it but anyway as they're coming up to the citadel they feel this wind they see far off in the distance the darkness is dissipating but although that's true there's this note that the city is still very much dark and um i think that's so much like these chapters we get these moments kind of far off in the distance where you feel hope and even earlier within this chapter pippin had this great moment of joy hearing those horns um but then you're drawn back into like the the darkness at at hand that's present there's still really bad stuff and it's still we're drawn back to despair yeah yeah we're like snapped out of it but they continue up and uh as they reach the gate of the citadel they see a slain guard there and they continue on until eventually they reach the house of the stewards gandalf um they they come up and they see basically two guards are left and they're facing off against baragond who already has two other guards slain at his feet. 
Well, and there was even like a note prior where they were questioning where Baragon was. Mm -hmm. And it had this kind of like flair of has uh, Baragon not listened to Pippin? Has he completely like vanished from the situation? Right. And been, but no, in fact, he is doing better than anyone else. Right. He was actually like going against orders trying to make sure that the right thing took place instead of um, this horribleness. Exactly. And even going, but but at a huge great cost to to himself mm-hmm. because he's killed two of his fellow guards. And he's kind of alone holding the door against them. Gandalf and Pippin hear Denethor from within the house and um, he's kind of commanding his servants to do as he asked, which as we know earlier from earlier is this madness yeah. of bringing a few or making a funeral pyre for himself and for Faramir. And then Denethor throws the door open and he basically brandishes his sword at Gandalf. And um, it's really haunting the image that we get of him. He's uh, described as tall and fell with a light like flame that was in his eyes. He's clearly lost his grasp on. Yeah. It's it's like this is not. I almost get this vibe from it. And it, and it kind of came comes from later on that this was always bubbling under the surface of Denethor from the very beginning. And. That kind of gets more elaborated on a little bit later on, but yeah. it just kind of seems like we're kind of getting full Denethor right <laughs> now. This is like what he had been full going on Denethor. through. Well, and the, it's it's true. There are kind of these deep bubbling issues under, you know, th- th- there's there was the deep-seated issue, and then there was what's come to pass um, o- over the over the past, um, yeah. you know, time leading up to this that have really brought it to the forefront but um and all that kind of comes together as this chapter goes along um but basically you know so denethor's brandishing a sword at gandalf and gandalf raises his hand and (laughs) the sword flies yeah from his grasp and um it's kind of just like you you get the sense that it's just like an act like you know very little effort yeah Yeah. okay no (laughs) and gandalf calls denethor out on the error of his ways because again this is a funeral house and this is a place he says this is a place for the dead and the living don't belong here and there is fighting happening here there's just a whole lot of bad like contradictions happening that shouldn't be happening while a again a battle is taking place and you are still the steward of Minas Tirith you need to be I mean of Gondor Mm -hmm. you need to be leading whenever i mean basically everyone else is leading like mm-hmm. at this point now um it hasn't happened yet but basically like theoden's being murdered by uh, like the witch king amir's out there fighting mm-hmm. uh aragorn and company mm-hmm. are on their way you know Imrahil. everybody yep. else is mm-hmm. displaying all this basically crazy and you are you have withdrawn <laughs> into the citadel yeah and are like you're you're making choices for Faramir as well because mm-hmm. Gandalf calls him out on uh, on on making choices for Faramir, um, making making the choice to take his life, which is not his to do. Denethor kind of says that Faramir is already burning, and uh, in in the same uh, sentence, basically says that the West has failed, and similarly that it's all going up in flames as as Faramir will do and mm-hmm. as Denethor will do it as to Denethor's plan. And 
uh, Gandalf rushes forward and finds that Faramir is, in fact, still alive on the pyre, as Pippin had said. I managed to pull him off and get yeah. him onto uh, what I imagined was, I guess I never knew the name of this thing, but what we would call, like, what is it called? Where you got, like, you, you're... Like you're, a stretcher? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I guess, what this is. Yep. Yeah, it's basically what he was carried yeah. from from... Uh, from the from the battlefield, yeah. Well, Faramir kind of even even makes a makes a noise. He even calls out for his father as oh yeah Gandalf yeah. has Denethor's removed like- him. So you know it's even it's it's clear that he's alive, and Denethor there like Denethor has to know this. Yeah, and 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 then that's when Denethor does something crazy that I did not see coming at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we have kind of referenced this. We've kind of talked about but the way we, we were talking about it was not in ways that I would feel like it would actually happen. Mm-hmm. I thought we were just talking about fan theories. But no, Denethira starts screaming some stuff at them and pulls out a palantir. Yeah. Well, so... What um the what? Well, yeah, basically, so Gandalf, again, is calling him out and trying to make him see reason. And there's this great... Great moment. He he um, says that you know Denethor is behaving not as a steward of this city should. He's withdrawn himself into the citadel and is not leading his people in battle as you know as as he should be, and says that he's behaving like uh, like heathen kings under the dominion of the dark power. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know because the heathen kings would would do this. Um, uh, slaying themselves in yeah. pride and despair, murdering their king to ease their own death. And then again, tries to appeal to Denethor, tries to appeal to the reason within him, if there is any left whatsoever, and says, uh, come, we are needed. There is much you can yet do. So again, you know, all is not lost. You have a choice to make here where you can you can act as you should as the as the current leader of this city, as the as the steward of Gondor and lead your people in battle. Remember, uh, someone else gave another character a choice uh, uh, quite a while ago. We haven't seen them in a while. But remember when Frodo uh, gave a choice to, to Gollum? You know, you, you have a choice here to, to, uh, to, 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 be, to do something good, to do right. Yeah, yes, yes. So Gandalf is similarly kind of giving this um, chance at redemption to Denethor. I mean, especially since like... Like Denethor is in this position wherein he's like noting as well later on is the fact that you know he's not going to be Stuart for very long because again he's going to know I'm not an idiot I've seen what's going going on mm-hmm. that the, the the this ranger is going to basically as he puts in the words that he's putting is going to overthrow me mm-hmm. and topple me as if like you've been implanting all this stuff you've been like writing like seeing this stuff against me yeah which is. Not really true, but also not one hundred percent false either. Or well, I mean, it's not—it's not—it's not false, but it's also kind of, like there's some there's some like okay. This is what I liked about it was the fact that Denethor is acting out like he's acting out pretty poorly. Yes, mm-hmm. and I can almost see where he's coming from, but also still he's not acting. He's acting very poorly. <laughs> well, and see, the great thing about this is that as Denethor is saying all of these things you know like you you wish to rule in my place you wish to overthrow me with this ranger that you've brought in yeah um 
so this is after you know he he laughs and he pulls out this palantir yeah um yeah. and he's saying all of this and the you know the palantir first first of all it looks as though it's lit by some fire from within and then additionally it casts denethor in this very eerie light to where um you know his eyes are kind of glittering strangely and his features are like thrown into sharp relief and he just looks um he's thrown into this terrible light like the will of Sauron is already like, yeah, just dig, dig, exactly. dug in again. And that's the thing, you know, as you were saying that, uh, you know, there's his ideas are, are, are not entirely incorrect in that. Yes. Yeah. Aragorn has come to take his rightful place, um, you know, as and, and Gandalf has brought Aragorn here to take his rightful place. But the issue is that Denethor is seeing what has been shown to him through the Palantir. He's, he, I see where he's coming from to be angry, but still it's not, mm-hmm. it's so like, you're just going to have to, it, there's a lot of things that are inevitable right now. Mm-hmm. And Aragorn taking on the th- throne again is kind of inevitable and necessary. Right. And Denethor's words, just before he basically, he sets himself on fire. He, you know, he, he climbs up on her, uh, sets fire to the, to the funeral pyre and climbs up on it, uh, breaks his staff, lies oh, down. Yeah. You know, with the um, really crazy image, yeah, with with the palantir on his chest. So just just before he does this, um, his last words are again very so telling of where this character has been and um, how he's a perfect kind of personification of what Gondor has become. He says, um, "I would have things as they were in all the days of my life." And in the days of my long fathers before me to be the Lord of this city in peace and leave my chair to a son after me who would be his own master and no wizard's pupil. But if doom denies this to me, then I will have not neither life diminished nor love halved nor labor abated or nor honor abated. I'm sorry. Um, So it's delusion uh, because again, having this, having a, a continuation of the days that 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 it was in, in in Gondor, we've seen that Gondor has been has fallen into decay, and has yeah. been in decay, and has not has failed to protect itself as as it should have. So, Denethor's kind of delusion that these were the glory days, it's perfect. Well, and I just absolutely. I love this. Like, this is one of my favorite things so far because it's been, once again, Tolkien throwing in these little, like, morality tales. And with this one in particular, he's saying, like, don't let... I I feel like with Denethor's character, it's almost like this idea of um, nostalgia kills Mm -hmm. to a degree. Like, if you keep longing for things of old and trying so hard to... And even then, you have to also think about sometimes they weren't that great of times... You know, I feel like he was directly commenting on that about mm-hmm. how like we it's like how there's aspect of the story where Sauron represents this over like encroaching industrialism and horribleness of like tearing apart nature, but also at the same time longing for the past is a pretty destructive thing, as we have seen not only with Dinathor, but we have seen this with Gollum, we have seen this with Saruman. Like this has been a this has been a thing that I feel like has been subtly introduced. Mm-hmm. But now Denethor, I feel like it's pretty upfront about like what with that line right there, pretty upfront about what this guy's all about. And Denethor also kind of erroneously t- 
ties the glory of Gondor to his own position of yes, power. Yes. Um, and uh, saying basically is be- believing that you know with with this this ranger as he calls him this upstart ranger um, would take his place, but but the glory of Gondor would is would would will fall because the glory of Gondor, according to Denethor, is tied to his own role of power. Yeah. So, again, delusion, uh, since, as we clearly have seen, he's neglected the city. Um, and Gandalf uh, won't... Uh, so, yeah, uh, D- Denethor this time grabs, grabs a torch, oh, yeah. lights the mm-hmm. pyre, um, jumps onto it like a complete <sighs> madman. And Gandalf's like, shut these doors. Well, <laughs> just, yeah. Just like, and then, ugh. but then has this moment of grief mm-hmm. because, again, you know, as we saw, he he did try to reason with him, yes, bring him back yeah. to to see reason, and Gandalf is ultimately grieved because of yes, the loss of Denethor, um, but also that the reach of the enemy has come so far to corrupt again a leader of this city and bring it to disrepair. They, Gandalf and Baragond then, uh, and with Pippin following along, now take Faramir to the Houses of Healing. And, and is this where we had a syn- another synchronization? Yes. Yeah, that's right. They heard a cry, a really yes. unearthly, crazy cry. And we know what this is. Exactly, yeah. Um, this is that moment. This is the sound of Eowyn and Merry. um, ultimately defeating the witch king and it's this terrible terrible cry um but oddly enough it brings uh, once again a sense of hope to them as as they hear it and light comes and the sun is beginning to break through the clouds and gandalf immediately kind of goes to look over the battlefield it's this back and forth back and forth Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, you know, so Gandalf, again, with kind of the sight that is given to him, sees he knows what's happened on the battlefield. And again, he grieves. So if you notice, we had two things take place at the same time. Basically, Denethor burns himself on the pyre. Yes. And who else has died? So Theoden has been killed by the Witch King. Right. Uh, So those two things are happening simultaneously. And that's when... Gan- basically Gandalf has that moment of like I couldn't save Denethor I also couldn't save Theoden mm-hmm. and if I had acted out like if I had acted out there and gotten out to the battlefield I would have been able to save Theoden however Faramir and Denethor would have died mm-hmm. and this situation it's it's I can understand why Gandalf it could be a very sad person now because mm-hmm. of this sort of like weight that is probably upon him and again this is because of the reach of the enemy. Yeah. Because as we've seen, you know, Denethor had been using, as Gandalf now explains to Pippin and to Baragon to have come to join him, Denethor had been using the Palantir. And uh, the effects of it have amplified, especially since learning of Boromir's death. Um, Remember that the Palantir was once um, a tool of... Good, right? Yes. It was just used for communication purposes between the all of, did right. And had those towers. And Sauron has since used them, corrupted them to his own devices, as he often has done. He's a corrupter, and um, so you know we've seen when Pippin looked into the Palantir, 
And we've all we've we've also seen that there is the possibility um, to once again you know, kind of use use it for good, use it for knowledge, as you know, Aragorn was able yeah. to use the Palantir, the the stone from Orthanc. Um, so there's this great again continuing theme of knowledge that's used um, because Denethor had used the Palantir right to see things you know and and he uh, he erroneously saw the black ships right and yes um, and knew that 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 we were dead <laughs> right but he so he had the knowledge that the black ships were coming but he did not have the wisdom of what those black ships actually brought yes so there's this huge difference here that Tolkien gives us between knowledge and wisdom knowledge is you know you know Denethor had 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 seen what's what's coming he had this foresight but he didn't have he didn't have uh he didn't use that knowledge correctly to give him the wisdom yeah that's right okay um the, the what so what you do with knowledge is always the uh, gigantic factor and that's and Denethor has been fed these lies by Sauron he's been you know things that he has seen in the Palantir have been twisted and I can't help but feel like that that's I mean, as you said, a running theme. We're starting to. I'm starting to really like get this stuff a little bit harder in this one because it's all coming to a head. Like all these things are coming together. Of like, no, this this has been rooted in from the very beginning. Like these themes have always been there mm-hmm. uh, because we can look at the hobbits and make. I mean, the ring in itself has been this big debate over like we know it's powerful but then we're, we're questioning but we have to question what we come to power as like how how do we interact with power because mm-hmm. this is a very different sort of power that needs to just be forgotten or destroyed mm-hmm. rather than a power we can harness because it's, it's just like a question of like you know like all it's a question about like how do you handle power which comes down to like the knowledge versus wisdom and, sort of thing yeah, as well. Yeah. And Denethor is this huge cautionary tale about power because again his whole idea of the of kind of the glory of Gondor rests with his own power. Yeah. And, and his position of power. But at the same time in that position of power he didn't do right with it. He didn't protect his city as he should have done. Um So yeah, uh you know Gandalf comments on on Denethor's use of the Palantir. And um, then we basically get uh, a little bit of hope for Baragond because, again, you know, Baragond's actions were right but uh, have consequences. And, you know, Gandalf basically says he's going to recommend that Baragond be um, appointed to tend to Faramir. Um, because the captain of the guard is probably going to dismiss him, and and then basically says uh, we we must go, <laughs> yeah. and takes and he's going to take Pippin down to to meet the men coming off from from the field, and there's the the ending image of this chapter is kind of fitting, because um, you know there's there's this rain this gray kind of rain that comes down, and it leaves the city smoking. It's just a nice, like, not so subtle image of the ruins and the kind of aftermath of Denethor's burning himself, burning the city. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's just it's, a fitting image. This was a incredibly short chapter, but because it's basically like one really big event, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like weighted down with all this theming. Because like last week was also a short chapter too, but it was like all these like great events have been set seated up. This one seemed more like 
emotional and or not okay not emotional is not the word weighty like there was a lot more weight behind everything that was happening in this one to me mm-hmm. because i felt like a lot of the themes just kind of hit especially the big one about nostalgia mm-hmm. that's one that, that, that i have been talking about a lot lately is how that how nostalgia is this like mind killer in yeah. a way about like how how people interact with when they were younger or what was in the past you know has always been this kind of like not not always destructive thing, but I can't but feel like Tolkien's very understanding of good good feelings don't always necessarily mean good in themselves. Like mm-hmm. just because you feel good about something doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, in this chapter, I I mentioned it briefly, but I want to just uh, elaborate on it a little bit more. Um, we have this great contra- contrast between. Uh, the leaders that we've seen. Yes. And so, you know, Gandalf and Aragorn um, uh, versus Theoden, or not Theoden, I'm sorry, Denethor. Um, but even better, I think, is the contrast between Denethor and Theoden. Because, again, as we noticed, they basically die simultaneously yes. in these two chapters. Um, but the way uh, that they go out, of course, is couldn't be more different. You know, Theoden, as we saw, was leading the charge into battle and drawing the attention of the Witch King away from the city, thereby allowing the men of the city to 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 protect it. And also had his own fears and doubts in himself. Mm-hmm. Like he was also very afraid and very it was he was mortal in a way, mm-hmm. you know, beforehand because he was. Not, but he did it anyway. He, because he yes. knew it was the thing that, ne- that was necessary. Where we were talking about last week, where we said what Gandalf has done is he spawned a whole bunch of other Gandalfs, <laughs> and that he inspired a whole bunch of people in in proper positions to mm-hmm. where they can inspire people below them. And yeah, again, that's Gandalf doing the work of the Astari. Mm-hmm. And so similarly in this chapter, again, gave Theoden one last opportunity for redemption. Or Theoden, uh, Denethor, one last opportunity for redemption. Um, you know, stop this, this is madness. And Denethor turns away from it. Denethor dies um, having turned away from his people, yeah. closed himself off, failing to lead in his, his men into battle. So it's this great contrast between the two leaders. Man, one, one, I mean, one dies with his like nephew right there and his niece not too far off and the other one dies alone Mm -hmm. i mean there is that right off the bat Mm -hmm. well and denethor also of course once again trying to take faramir down with him yeah i mean in the in in the long run gandalf did save faramir and i imagine faramir is going to be very important to the history of middle earth if he recovers we shall see about faramir we shall see see. I, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna definitely be this is like a bit of a side note almost but it's like like preview of coming attractions sort of thing I'm gonna probably talk a lot about this scene when we, we get to in the return of the king the movie because we try not to go talk too much about the movies versus the books while we're in the middle of the chapter but I feel like I gotta definitely say this I think and I try to be very like understanding about how translations happen and adaptations happen but I think the movie version of this was kind of terrible compared to this book version because I didn't get maybe a fourth of what was going on in this in that movie. And I and like I was even trying to like contextualize it like maybe it's just different. Maybe it's no, I really just can't think of like any of the sort of stuff kind of coming through in the exact in, in any sort of way 
in the in the movie. Like the big thing I think was probably just taking out the Palantir in the uh mm-hmm. in the movie and stuff too. I just feel mm-hmm. like that that connective tissue would have probably been necessary to understand exactly like uh, what was happening with Denethor cuz Denethor now just seems like a like a like two like two like too out of control in the movie now that I think about. It. Whereas mm-hmm. in the book I'm like he's out of control but I but you get more In the uh, book you see why. And yeah. again you see the you know the far reaching hand of the enemy. Yeah. That's that's what has brought Denethor to this madness. Um so yeah, uh and again, yeah, that's something we'll definitely discuss as we get to the movie. But I may have also spoiled the fact that I'll be way more critical of Return of the King's <laughs> movie than I was Two Towers. So but yeah, uh so with that favorites from this chapter i don't i don't know like i don't know if i really have a favorite part there's stuff (laughs) i i I feel like if i have a favorite part it's my revelation over this theming of the dangers and nostalgia that was that that that, okay that bit of dialogue that denethor was saying about wanting to return things to the glory days Mm -hmm. that was great and not only that but he also again through um faramir like under the bus in that scene as well. Mm-hmm. Cause he commented about how Faramir, how he wanted a, a true story to get Seward to Gondor, not a like wizard's apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, was, yeah. Once again, another jab to throw mm-hmm. in there. And again, yeah, I think uh, right around that, you know, he had again pointed out, you know, Gandalf, you've taken the love of my son from me. And now, you know, even my guard, my, my, my servants are against me now too. Yeah. It's just, it's a, yeah. Um, it's Denethor is not in his right mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, Gandalf has been doing this throughout the entire book because he did it with um, did it with Bilbo in the beginning too, where I feel like Bilbo was almost like in a certain thing. He is having to deal with people that have been poisoned by Sauron throughout his entire story, and he and some either like Bilbo realizes what's going on mm-hmm. and is like, okay, no, you you're right. I need to relinquish this. Saruman didn't. Saruman is still locked up and mm-hmm. um, I almost called I don't I forgot what the tower was name was called again uh, Orthanc at, at Isengard Orthanc yes and then again <laughs> Theoden also polluted mine but he was able to fix that mm-hmm. you know I've just it, it's been great again it's it's very important with you know all of all of these things that we've seen all of these characters we've seen given this opportunity to uh, given an opportunity at redemption um, that you know even even corrupted um, individuals can see reason again. And once again, that's part of Gandalf's kind of errand. And um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But it's important to note that everyone has that opportunity and can, is conceivably um, uh, capable of coming back to reason. Um, my favorite, I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, just that very simple, um, idea of, uh, Pippin feeling joy when he hears the sound of horns. Right like off that, the bat, like that, very first thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, I, I, I like little notes like that. And I, um, I, again, like the, you know, Pippin is given hope at that point, And of course it's kind of immediately taken away from him. Um, but yeah, that's a nice, it's a nice moment yeah. that I enjoy. That was a really short chapter, but I, I, I got a lot out of it. 
Like, I felt like I've been kind of waiting for some of that stuff to kind of come out because, I mean, I feel like everything's going to kind of cool down for a while um, in the next, kind of, to to, to a degree, degree, uh, having somebody who's accidentally read the first page of the next chapter before I read this one. Once again, because Chase apparently needs a syllabus of reading... My, my, assigned chapters. I have to. I have to keep track of stuff for future episodes. Is what happens is my book stays at that spot, and I just start reading and going like, "Huh, that's weird." We're back at Mary's point of view, where we, you know, we shouldn't be here. We were just at Mary's point. Oh wait, you know, good thing I caught myself didn't read the whole chapter. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, well, all right. Well, any other favorites from this week? I mean, I got two things. One's a favorite. One's a not favorite. Um. <laughs> I watched, finally got around to watching um, Spectre, uh, the the James Bond movie that came out last year. I watched that last night, and I found it very difficult to actually watch it because it was the most boring James Bond movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And it suffered from the fact of also being too long. You know what? I never saw Skyfall, and I haven't seen Spectre, so I'm quite behind on James Bond. Skyfall's pretty good. In fact, mm-hmm. Skyfall might That's be heard. Mm-hmm. One, one of the best Bond movies. And then and then you watch Spectre and you go, oh, they knocked it out of the park with Skyfall. And then they said, okay, make another one. They were like, we have no idea what to do. And, and they, they just, just basically dropped the ball. Well, let's just say the big, my, I don't like James Bond's movies. They're too directly sequely. Mm-hmm. And this one not only does that, but it, but it ties in and makes it seem like that the, the events from Casino Royale, Quantum of Solace, Skyfall were all connected even though Skyfall felt pretty separated. Mm-hmm. And so when that stuff started to come out, I was like, mm, no. Also, they fail a lot of characters. It's just really boring and lifeless. And mm-hmm. it just kind of ends with a thud. <laughs> Christoph Waltz even is like sleepwalking through that movie. And I hate it seeing Christoph, Wal- Christoph now, Waltz sleepwalk. Yeah, see, that's that makes me sad. Because Christoph Waltz is like so charismatic. Not in this. Aww. <laughs> It's just it's it. The, you know what you know what the 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 closest comparison I can make to this movie too, and it's not the perfect comparison. It's because one is much more interesting than the other. Like one's actually exciting, but the other one, but they both have similar story problems. It's a lot like Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there there's like this thing where we're throwing we're throwing a bone at you fanboys and fangirls. But it makes no sense in the context of the story. It's just, it's just, it's rough. But it's pretty. It's kind of pretty. I mean, Voigt, Hoyt Van Hoytman is still like solid direct photography. Uh, but but something I actually liked from this week was um, I got to see Swiss Army Man, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing. It's hard to explain to people what that movie's about. It's basically about Paul Dano plays this guy stranded on an island. Um, I don't know how you don't know how he gets stranded, on an island. and he's about to kill himself. But before he kills himself, he sees a corpse wash up on the onto the beach, and that corpse is played by Daniel Radcliffe. And that Daniel Radcliffe corpse can do a lot of like magical things that a corpse shouldn't be able to do because he's the boy who lived like fart a lot and become a jet ski. And um, that's why I'm explaining like the weirdness of the movie. Like he's able to dispense water, he's able to chop down trees and logs and stuff, and. At some point, he starts to like gain some like consciousness, and I'm like putting that in like quotes, where he's like talking with Paul Dano, and they start talking about life and stuff, and and it's it's really sweet, it's really endearing, and 
it's got a lot of like really gross stuff to it, but it contextualizes all that stuff where it makes sense within the world. It's it's very much magical realism. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that. I think it doesn't really stick the landing. It kind of falls apart at the end. Um, but it's really good. Like it's really endearing. I will remember this movie. That sounds like a hot mess, but it, one that I would probably watch. It's also the entire score is an acapella, so there's huh. no instruments. It's just it's just all acapella, and there's this wonderful little through line joke about Jurassic Park and Laura Dern <laughs> that made me feel like that somebody writing the movie was like was around my age when they saw Jurassic Park and two and two had a childhood crush on Laura Dern in that movie. <laughs> well, all right. Or my favorite things. Uh, so I, much like um, much of the population this week, have been playing some Pokemon Go. Oh, that thing. And uh, I mean, not a whole lot because I don't really have time to spend doing stuff like that. But just just a little bit like, uh, you know, finding finding Bulbasaur's on the chips at Mojitos and stuff, <laughs> uh, which, which made me laugh. Um, it's fun. I like it. And I, you know, again, another way to get people outside doing things, uh, you know, uh, but be safe, kids. Be aware of your surroundings and don't walk out into the street. Don't play in traffic. (laughs) Um, But I I enjoy it. It's fun. It's led to some really funny things like the other night, yesterday when you were here and there was a Psyduck at your feet. Yeah, there was that Psyduck. Yeah, there was a random Psyduck in the living room. That was kind of fun. Um, Yeah, I just caught a Zubat um, out by the library. Got so many. My apartment I, is rank with Zubats. Yeah, yeah. It, no, it's it's funny. Like all the different kinds you will find in different places. It's great. My walk to work is just infested with Eevees, which I'm fine with that. Yeah. And uh, Pidgeys are all over my office. I don't have an Eevee. I have like ten thousand Pidgeys. I don't need any more. But anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, the oh, the other thing, of course, from this week is um, again, you know, more sports. There's going to be so many sports this summer because Olympics. Olympics. Um, but also because uh, right now Tour de France is happening, which is another of my favorite things um, to watch and uh, see the carnage that always happens oh, within God. like the <sighs> last kilometer of, of the stage every day. There is going to be a, a crash. Um, and also, you know, along the way, there are always glorious crashes, which I mean, it's that, you know, I hate to see riders crash and especially when they get injured, but. Especially when it's like a thousand of them yeah. crash at once. Yeah. But that's happening, and uh, I always enjoy watching that. Um, some people don't because they're like, why would you want to watch people ride bikes for five hours? Because it's insane and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, in other uh, sports news, again, Olympics, Olympic trials for women's gymnastics took place, and they picked the team, and it was exactly the team that I picked. So nice. go me. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be great. I'm excited to watch. So that's yay, always the Olympics. best part about the Summer Olympics that and baseball because you get to see yep. the awesome baseball. I mean, because you're you're saying like, why would you watch bas- like our bicycling mm-hmm. or cycling stuff like that? I watch dudes eat MREs. <laughs> like, what? I can't, I can't say that. So, I mean, the garbage I watch, yeah. I watch people eat junk food because I don't eat it. I just watch people eat mac and Cheetos because <laughs> I'm not going to eat it, but I'll watch, I'll watch a kid in a suit eat it. That, why isn't that my favorite thing in the week? Uh, <laughs> that should be your favorite week. thing. I'll say it for next okay. week. That'll All be right. next week's favorite thing of the week. <laughs> it probably still will anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, that was our discussion this week of 
Oh, yeah. Chapter number. Chapter seven of Book One of Return of the King, The Pyre of Denethor. And you can join us next week. We will be discussing chapter eight. House of Healing. I can look at. It's House of Healing. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's House of Healing. (laughs) The Houses of Healing. Houses of Healing. Once again, before we go, I would like to give a thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support of our podcast. We really do appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you once again to Tariq Ignatius Pendergraf, Devin Mann, Ariel Alm, Brian Osborne, Dana Victor, Jason Savage, Anna Dunlany, Jiging Fua, Kyle Thompson, Michael Smith, Mike Williams, Jacob Verma, Ben Goldstein, Madison Roberts, Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Avon McMaster, and Micah Laney. Nice. So yeah. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. We really like reading those things. It, it peps me up in the day. Clicky, clicky. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Just you put in five stars or four stars, <laughs> or you just straight up don't like us. Put in one star. I've never read. Actually, I've never really read a. We I know we have like a few like two or three star reviews, but I've never actually read any of them because I don't think they. Apparently, if you're if you're reviewing on podcasts on like iTunes, you never say anything if you're gonna give it a one. <laughs> I don't think we have a one though. We got about 40 right now, and we want more. Please give us more. (laughs) We enjoy hearing from you, whether on iTunes or Twitter or Facebook or email. And we do our best to respond to each and every one. Yeah. And if you're on, and if you're on, if you follow me and Talking Tolkien on Twitter, you get to see wonderful goofs like me reading the wrong chapter. (laughs) Like when Chase reads the wrong chapter again. (laughs) But anyway, we will be back next week once again with Chapter 8, The Houses of Healing. On Talking Tolkien. Yeah, I forgot how this ends. How we does it say, end? We say our names. That's so right. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com, and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We do our best to respond to each email, so please let us know about your thoughts, theories, and themes you'd like us to discuss in the show. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook and Twitter, and we love hearing from you. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would particularly appreciate it if you would give us a rating on iTunes, as it really helps us to show up in searches and reach a new audience. We also have a Patreon page, where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help our podcast grow. Through your generous support, we've been able to purchase many new pieces of equipment, helping us bring you a better-sounding, more professional podcast. Nothing makes us more excited than a new pledge, and we greatly appreciate all the support we've received so far. 